Welcome to the Combo Wombo Podcast. I can't. Okay, yeah, I can hear you good. You're with okay. Mr. Gimpy and Chip Mom. Mom. What's up? What's up? Another week. I said like uh, we had like some issues here where I was like, uh, if you can only hear one side, but you're recording perfectly. I was like, this is like when you're just getting peppered with left jabs uh, <laughs> in the boxing world. It's like put like, that just gonna... put that hand up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll carry this whole thing on my own. I'm just gonna be peppering them with the left jabs here. Like with, there'll never be any like combos off of it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. Stop them in the tracks. Hey man, Mayweather made a whole career out of it, dude. Made a Hall of Fame career out of it, right? Yeah. For sure. Greatest for of sure. all time. People Greatest. always. I, I feel like it just became popular to like dive and meme on him. Uh, but I've always had the utmost respect for him. Uh, it can't like it was like my uncle was like because uh, it's, it's all Latin people. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, I like Mayweather, but every Cinco de Mayo he pulls out another Mexican and beats him up on us. Because <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't know, like every Cinco de Mayo Mayweather would have like a fight, and it was always against like a, a Latin American or from Mexico, like a Mexican Mexican. Right. And he would right. just beat their brakes off of him. Uh, but yeah, like. And then, like, everybody who's, like, uh, who not really in the fight game and doesn't understand, like, boxing or whatever, they'd be like, yeah. oh, his, his fights are so boring, I hate him. I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's the sweet science of boxing. Like, right. nothing is more frustrating than getting hit in the face and not being able to hit the dude back. And, like, right. you're trying your best. These are the best fighters in the world. In right. the world. Right. Trying to hit him, and they can't touch him, dude. It's, like, it's mind-boggling. It's like watching somebody fight in the Matrix. He's just like oosh, 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 and like just peppering people up, and it, right. it's like the most like uh, like it's like a high wire act, so like where you're like walking a tightrope across the Grand Canyon, uh, like, and that's what he did like uh, every night for like whatever it was, like was it fifty two fights? Yeah, uh, unofficial I, like fifty three, like for sure, for sure. I will say as like a more casual fan. Um, I get that Mayweather is very good at boxing. The problem is from a casual perspective watch like the science of boxing is boring you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like no it is like it's kind of yeah. like uh in ufc when you watch two guys like go to the ground game and it's like yeah. jiu-jitsu and it's like oh look at him pass over oh he's like he moved over oh he got an arm and now he's countering that by moving his leg in between his other leg uh, yeah. just so he can't get over like the proper leverage to get him into like a full arm bar or something mm-hmm. and you're like this just looks like two guys making out on the ground, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like yeah. I'm not saying that to these guys, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there's like two guys rolling around on the floor, and then like in boxing, it's like two guys hugging back and yeah. forth, hugging like, and like, rubbing their heads uh, on the yeah. other guy's cheek, or whatever. You know? like, yeah, man. It's, it gets it gets real romantic. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Um, like, like, do you remember the fight night games? Like, uh, we'll use like fight night round three is probably like the pinnacle of that series. I think that that game did a very, very good job of gamifying boxing to the point where you could, for those of those people who knew the sweet science, um, could actually succeed. But people such as myself who have experience in fighting games and things like that had enough. Like like they had the, the parries and then like the counters where where it was like frame specific. You had like a three frame window. So like it's like block and then counter hit or whatever. It was it was super fun. Yeah. Um definite. Like that was actually the only let's say fighting game that used the thumbstick that was actually I felt was the better form of playing a boxing game than using the face buttons. So I mean, that's the last like EA big 
title that uh, actually, you know, did very well. There's no, <coughs> excuse me, sorry for the pod. I had a cough oh there. Um, there was no, bless I'll edit child. that out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to. Bless you, child. And then, like, you <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they. there's no reason that EA had to like stop doing that series outside of boxing itself not being that popular now but like yeah. like really really good concept boxing suffered from too many organizations where mm. like uh you have like four or five major uh organizations and they all have belts so you end up with like people rolling out with like four belts from like every like they're trying to be like the unified champion they have five of the seven dragon balls they have like these like amateur trophies they're right. rolling out with and you're like i don't like what is going on like uh so they suffer from that and then like two the biggest draws always been like their heavyweight boxing division because that's where the big knockouts happen yeah and, like the last couple champions have all been russian so sure. they're, they're, like they're not very good ambassadors of the sport to like uh casual people like uh the ufc will also have like that problem too where uh like Habib's like one of the best. Yeah. Uh, but like most people wouldn't know it just because like not very good on the microphone. For sure. Uh, you have the right hand of God going onto your face right now. Do you want to like, shut your like, shade or like, anything? Yeah. Or? <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> uh, those of you listening, uh, Chip, Chip has like, like the, his window is perfectly placed near his, like where his face is. So, so the morning sunlight is just basking him in all of its glory. <laughs> this is God bless him indeed. Down with the heaven rays. Yeah, yeah. Slide right. forward here. And then, like, as the day goes on, it's gonna hit me again. Well, the thing is, like, as you were talking, like, I don't know what happened, but the sun, like, literally moved as you were talking to, like, just cover your entire all, face. It looks so uncomfortable. It's all over there. It's kind of, like, right there. Yeah, yeah. This window's opened up just enough. Got it. Got it. Perfect. So I didn't mean to stop you there. It's just, perfect segue. It was uh, too funny. Uh, yeah, perfect segue to um, our sponsor. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we don't have sponsors. Sunlight. Come on now. Right? Brought to you by the sun. Yeah, the center for sure. of our uh, known uh, universe and galaxy. For sure. Uh, also, don't believe the propaganda about people trying to say it's like the Milky Way. And the, the, no, it's the sun. Our sun. For sure. <laughs> does, one, does wonderful things like blinding chip, interrupting the podcast, getting us off track, and making raisins. Uh, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Creating life. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to get technical, sure. I mean, if you believe in that sort of thing, yeah, I suppose. right, right. If you believe uh, that plants come out of the ground, <laughs> and that have energy, and uh, we can take that energy. Yeah, extraction. right. Fake, fake news. Fake, really. fake, yeah, fake. Plant, plants always exist. Fact checkers uh, dispute these claims. <laughs> How about all uh, right, man? Should we get to the topic at hand? Yeah, like, you, you had like, for like fighting games. I kind of checked out around uh, Ready to Rumble for the Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast. This is a fantastic game. Uh, yeah, that definite... was like complete arcade. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was style of boxing, which uh, kind of brings us, I think, perfectly into. Arcade shooters, which yes, is sir. my favorite. My favorite as well. Uh, I'll let you because we, when we ended the pod last week, uh, you had a lot to say about the Unreal franchise and Cliffy B. Uh, did you want to start there? And before I, I asked, you had that story about the professor. Is that related? What was or I talking about with him? 
said it was pretty funny. Oh, and to, uh, okay. No, I don't even remember. Like, I messed up, dude. I should have wrote down we had all that uh, problems. Yeah, yeah. It's completely gone. It's lost on me now. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. There's a story for the ages that we'll never hear. It's, it's yeah. back in the recesses of Chip's mind. Like, go back and, like, try and... You talked about getting a barn door yep. put in. Oh, there we go. It's not even related or that interesting. You're talking about, like, uh, kind of, like, having your studio area, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to uh, start maybe possibly having, like, a tax write-off here because it's, like, a business uh, yeah. expense. Yeah. This whole area, like, you can, like, count out, like, the square footage and write that yeah. off. Uh, yep. You can write off electricity, internet usage. And, like, you kind of estimate because, like, it's hard to, like, say, like, what you use casually and what you use for business. But, like, you can be, like, this many hours I'm, like, using it for business. Uh, and, like, you divide that over, like, you know, like, the five days a week that you'd be at an office or whatever. Yeah. And so I was, like, at the uh, micro center with the professor. We're looking at computer stuff. Uh, and he was, like, oh, look at this sweet broadcasting kit. Should I get this? And I was, like, yeah, 100%. Because, like, he does, like, online teaching. Yeah, and I was like, you should be able to write this off for taxes. He's like, we don't get that deduction, bro. And I was like, the teachers don't get to write off like the homeschooling electronic uh, stuff as a deduction. That's ridiculous. So that's incredible. Uh, I I can't believe it. Like for me, since I've been, you, so that's an interesting thing. Damn, we're getting super off track. But uh, a lot of the times, I like I've been told that you have to like your job actually has to list you as a work from home worker. Yeah. So the teachers aren't listed like that. It's just part. It's just you have to do what you have to do. So that's why they're getting screwed. So interesting point. All right. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a decent point. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, and so from that, when we're on the way home, I start talking to him about. Uh, I was like, um, yeah. So I told him this as a joke, but like he, he just kind of like took it one hundred percent seriously. Where I was like, yeah, I'm starting a dream board at home. Of like, because I was like, everything's closed out. So I was like, I want to have like an indoor swimming pool. So I've been looking at like uh, million dollar houses uh, and like trying to decide which one I want to move into. And so like <laughs> I said, I'm like a link to like this one that I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, it's, it's beautiful. It has like a, a indoor swimming pool, a sauna, a bar, a weight room. I'm like, this is great. And it's only $1.6 million. Oh, is that all? Uh, yeah. And uh, I was like, it's not out of the realm of possibility like it's not like i'm like like if you look at like where i'm at now like in a really nice condo it's like it's not like a huge leap it's more like a few steps you know a few big steps because it's 1.6 million dollars but like... <laughs> yeah but it's not like oh you're shooting like like a moonshot it's like you know like you in your golden years you could probably figure out something like with that like it's not probably the best investment but not horrible you could do worse things with your money, like when you're then buy a house, yeah, yeah, then buy yeah. like a house to live in, like that has all the amenities you'd ever want. It's like uh, house, black tar, you know. Not, and not so then sure. I told them I was like, uh, yeah, so like you know, if the, when the podcast takes off with me and Mister Gimp, you know, if I'm making like an extra like twenty, forty G's a year, maybe even sixty, I was like, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And my bro was like. <laughs> The taxes on this house are 17 grand, bro. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's fine. This is fine. Damn, dude. Just shoot, shooting you down before you even get the dream yeah. started. Shit. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we were talking about uh, uh, so fighting games. Boards. Yes, have your dream boards, everybody. Uh, we were talking about Ready to Rumble Boxing, fighting game 90s, and uh, 90s arcade fighters, and the topic at hand, arena shooters. 
Uh, yeah. Chip, did you want to start us off on that? Because uh, just for yeah. the so audience. Like where we left off was like Cliff E.B., Cliff Blazinski. He, he started at Unreal and he worked on a bunch of various like small projects. He kind of got his claim to fame being like a young programmer. He worked Jazz, on like. Jazz uh, Jackrabbit. Yeah, Jazz Jackrabbit. I was just going to say some platformer that everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I love Jazz yeah. Jackrabbit. <laughs> uh, so like he kind of cut his teeth on that guy, uh, work at Unreal. And then, like, kind of rode that wave. Uh, he's responsible for, like, things like uh, Gears of War and, like, the whole creative direction of that game. Yep. Uh, but, like, he kind of, like, was constantly, like, trying to be, like, that 90s edgelord uh, I think, throughout the night. I think he so, just was, you know? I, I don't think he was I, trying to be. I think that's his personality. I don't, like, so it's hard to separate, right? Like, so what's marketing? Yeah. What's uh, hype? What's the real person? Uh, and so, like, I, I kind of look at, like, anytime somebody's in front of, like, a TV or a microphone, they're putting on a bit of a persona. Sure. Uh, for, like, and so, like, a lot of that stuff was to sell units, I feel. But, like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to, even harder to tell now that he doesn't have, like, a product to sell. And, like, he's still kind of being, like, uh, uh, you know, trying to get headlines and stuff for himself. Like a voice, yeah. Uh, so, like, he kind of made a name, like, just talking. So he cut his teeth on the PC with Unreal. I started like trying to sell console units with Gears of War for like Xboxes. So he's like, "Oh, PCs are garbage. They're terrible for shooters and stuff." Uh, you're just like a P- you're living in your mom's basement if you're on the PC right now, uh, like this kind of stuff. Like I don't have the exact quotes. I'm sure we could find them, but like who cares? It was this, okay. it was in that vein. Uh, so he does Gears of War. Uh, sells, I believe, gets bought out like for Unreal because Unreal got sold to uh, Tencent, I believe, uh, where they own the majority of the company. Thought it was a thirty percent share because of the U. But anyway, yeah, I think it's semantics yeah, at that point. But yeah, the, they got bought out basically uh, by epic. huge yeah. Epic Games got bought out by, and part of that is the Unreal Engine, and yeah, uh, there are no big franchises like Unreal Tournament and uh, Gears of War, this sort of stuff. Uh, and those yep. are like kind of sub studios. They also brought you know Fortnite to you, the children. Yes. They probably have yes. more for that now. Yeah, um, unfortunately, because I think Unreal doesn't get the credit it deserves but the engine itself is called unreal so i guess i should take some stock into that but go on <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so then after he left there he was like i'm gonna start my own studio i'm gonna put like the creators uh up front uh boss key or boss key productions and i like them i like the studio i like the concept behind it i like uh, promoting the creators uh but like he tried to like they always tell you when you start making a video game Never make an MMORPG. Like, it's going to be like, you're going to want to make an MMORPG. Don't do it. I would go one step further and be like, don't make an always online. Uh, mm. Competitive shooter game. without. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what he did. So he made an online competitive shooter uh, that he charged money for up front. So it wasn't even like a free to play, which is what a lot mm. of people were like, hey, man, if you're putting this product in the market right now, it needs to be free to play to be able to compete. Because it's kind of like a chicken egg situation where you need a dedicated fan base there that can find matches. That ha- so you have mm-hmm. your matchmaking, uh, so yep. they buy stuff from you. Uh, and so they ended up having to cut a deal with a publisher because he went to like all the big names and he was like, I got the next. So this is like kind of his other thing. His big quote is like, I got the next billion dollar franchise here for you. Uh, and that's like when you, so like it was, that was his marketing material. His marketing package, if you will. Yep. Where like, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Where it's like, bro, you can't just say you got a billion dollar idea. 
Like, there's no such thing as the idea guy. There's no such thing as like the billion dollar idea. Like, let me ask you a question you though. A billion. Yeah. Um, with Cliffy B, um, and I'll, I'll get to it when I when um, I'm talking about this. But uh, uh, the guy worked on Unreal, Unreal Tournament. Uh, he worked on the original Unreal, then the Unreal Tournament series. He gave us Gears of War, had, was the creative director for that. Three phenomenal games under his watch. Um, I, it, it, I would Jack argue... Yeah, I love Jazz Jack Rabbit. Um, <laughs> uh, so th- it could be argued that this man, at that point in his career, was making billion-dollar ideas. Like, like it, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he goes, this is the next billion-dollar idea. And I have a lot about why Wallbreakers failed, but I'll let you continue. <laughs> yeah, so the man is only spinning gold records every day, stepping out, uh, spinning. He's taking whatever you, any hay you throw at him and spinning it into gold. Like, so that's one of the backdrops that you have to understand. Uh, so he starts up Bosky. So I'm saying, like, from here, here's kind of like where things start falling apart. Sure. Uh, and like where the naysayers are like, just kind of like, hey, man, uh, you have to launch free to play in this environment. Like you're competing with like too many really big games right now. Like at that point, Fortnite had hit, uh, Overwatch had hit. So that was already like, and like their Overwatch costs, you know, money. There's, I think it's like a 50 or $60 product at the time. I think now it's dropped to a $40 bucks. product or yeah. 30 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like, being like, oh, charging, like, but like they had already had the install base, is what people are looking at. And it's kind of dumb to say, to be like, oh, people can't play more than one game at a time or couldn't own both, you know, like, yep. it's not, so it's like, you're like, ah, you're just being negative to be negative. But it's like, you have to understand like the entire landscape at the time. Uh, and so he, he launches this game and uh, it does okay. If, nothing great, nothing bad. But then, like, after, like, that initial launch window, it, like, drops off. Nobody can find matches. Mm-hmm. There's a couple, like, netcode problems. Uh, there was a lot of, like, free-to-play stuff creeping in. And people are like, what the hell, bro? I paid money for this game. Why am I emptying boxes or cosmetics? Uh, and they also felt that there wasn't enough game in there for the price. Where it felt like an early access style game where it's, like, you got, like, five, six characters in here. And you have, like, a handful of skins. And they're like, well, there's more content coming. We'll have, like, seasonal updates and stuff. And we're like, bro, like, you get a, you know, all your competitors have twice as much stuff uh, on their launch. Uh, so that was the other part of this is the reason they had to launch for a price was you cut a backroom deal with a publisher that said, like, they have to charge money up front. And after a certain amount of time, uh, they get hold of the IP. <laughs> so he's basically betting big on this idea. And he's like, this is going to be a huge success. And if it's not, I'm going to lose my IP, my billion-dollar IP, and I'm going <laughs> to probably have to close my studio. Uh, and so, you know, go ahead, give this yeah. from there. Yeah, so uh, I will say, so the biggest problem with Lawbreakers, I think you, you hit some things on. Um, I was one of the people who bought Lawbreakers, actually, um, was participated in a lot of the betas. And everything else, and um, our our mutual buddy, uh, Mr. Butterball, uh, played played one of the free weekends with me. Um, the problem, and, and I, never, I thought actually, it's interesting you said netcode issues because I don't remember any netcode issues, just because I I I didn't play it launch weekend and played it the weekend after, and it was smooth as butter. 
the biggest problem with it is it was marketed as a hero shooter when it wasn't. It was anything but. Um, Overwatch uh, took the FPS community by storm, uh, where Overwatch was meant to compete directly with TFT or, or Team Fortress 2, excuse me. And uh, Lawbreakers comes out and they market it, market their heroes excessively instead of the game as a whole. Um, and and Overwatch worked because it, it catered more to uh, casual people as a as a nice base for FPSs. But you had things from MOBAs like ults, uh, like queued up ab- abilities on cooldown, and um, the aiming requirement in Overwatch. While there, um, I would die on this hill saying that uh, it's way easier with its movement speed and other just game qualities to to be good at aiming in Overwatch versus something like Quake or Unreal. Uh, Lawbreakers brought that Quake slash Unreal feel to a team based environment, um, and its big its big hook was its movement was its movement mechanics, and it had um, each map had a center area that was low gravity or no gravity, excuse me, and uh, uh, you could propel yourself by shooting like a machine gun in the opposite direction, and then just you're floating through. Um, so see, th- and I think the uh, low grav concept was cool on paper. And even the first time you do it in game, it's cool. But actually playing it, it seemed like a gimmick. And for the most part, everyone avoided that middle area because there was no point. It was the fastest way from point A to point B, but you could easily get to these points by like rocket jumping over things like that. So, so like you're exposing yourself uh, to the fastest way to die too on those maps. Exactly. Exactly. And like so, really feel defenseless. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. Um, and. The the big problem with the game is you're right. Overwatch came out uh, two. Mo- I want to say it was two months before. Um, uh, everybody so, reading uh, can to, fact just check to me. quickly stick a pin in it real quick and talk about movement as well. Yeah, uh, I think this is another problem with uh, the game is it relied a lot on like jetpack and movement on the Z, mm-hmm. and like no games do that. So Tribes. you're literally fighting against everybody's programming for better or worse for of like uh, how to move a character in three-dimensional space since the dawn of fps so like you could say like you know revolutionary maybe uh gameplay <laughs> in bosky yeah. productions game sure. uh, but it's also super fucking frustrating so like you're used to like uh 60 uh pov where you're looking ahead and like you you're scanning your horizon, and you're usually scanning like head height. You're you're clicking heads. Uh, yeah. When you add in like a Z yep. movement, you now like have created not like sixty FPS, like or like sixty POV, but like you've created like uh, four hundred and eighty like point like horizon to get hit from. Yeah. So like you've opened yourself up to so much more like problems uh, that you have to be scanning and aware of. That it just feels frustrating. I feel like in any game, like even like a game like Overwatch, where you have like a hero like a Pharaoh who can fly. Yeah, nothing feels more frustrating than getting like a rocket out of nowhere, and you're like, "What is this bullshit?" <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so imagine like uh, fighting a map full of pharaohs, uh, and like yeah. at any point somebody could be anywhere around you, above you, below you, uh, off the map, and then they come up and then kill you. And it's cool if you like have that skill play. So like jump mm-hmm. off of like a like a boost 
slide in, come up, and then like you know start gunning people. It feels amazing, uh, yeah. but it feels horrible for the person like getting like gunned out of nowhere. They're like, "What is this? Where am I getting hit from? I don't understand." Uh, so I would say like it, it's almost like ahead of its time. The game uh, with that kind of movement. I uh, I agree. Uh, you you mentioned like I think the field of view kind of standard now for across consoles it starts at ninety now. Um, I typically will play at one ten in most of my games. Uh, um, and interesting you said that about like the the verticality of it because so this uh, was my theory behind it. <laughs> yeah, from like because yeah. I, I watched this game launch. Uh, I didn't play the game and buy it like you, but I, mm-hmm. I loved uh, the idea of like Bosky Productions. So I watched like all of their YouTube videos, all of their live streams. Yep. Uh, and like I don't know, just I, I enjoyed the idea of like being like uh, the creator as like a somebody who gets treated a little bit more respect and like uh, zeitgeist and like cause they're doing a lot of work and like there's a lot of really talented people at that studio. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on their second game actually a little bit just to get one more thing in with. Uh, yeah, so we talked about movement, and then you were talking about uh, Overwatch was also out at that point. Yeah, yeah, and Overwatch had a had an incredible marketing campaign, incredible characters, uh, and Blizzard's you know CG uh, and their storytelling with it. That that like just marketing onslaught. Uh, there's there's a if, saying. If Cliffy B yeah. had the billion dollar IP, Blizzard had the billion dollars to put after an IP uh, and like build up a game. Yes. So, yes. Marketing it was, works. It's effective, man. Like, yeah. It was Nexon money versus Activision Blizzard money is what it was. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but also, Lawbreakers had a higher skill had a higher skill floor, also a higher skill ceiling. So you start like Overwatch. You could just jump in, Joe Schmo, um, like play Mercy and actually contribute to your team. You're not doing that in Lawbreakers. You're going to get your ass handed to you. And uh, it, it was catered to the hardcore FPS crowd. Unfortunately, the like I, I consider myself um, like a hardcore like arcade FPS guy. But um, outside of like Team Fortress, I'm more playing like free for all stuff than I am uh, team oriented stuff. Um, I would say I probably fall more into the hardcore, and mm. I would say at that point, like me and my hardcore buddies were all playing Fortnite to beat up children, uh, and it felt gotcha. really good. Gotcha. You're like, oh, whooping these kids' butts, dude! Like they, like it's not even fair. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, like, I feel like it got uh, a little bit of our own sauce thrown back on us when they introduced like uh, controller support and stuff. So they had like game assist. <laughs> yeah. Because like our thing was like we'll take anybody like at a mid or a long range fight and just destroy yep. them because we're better at clicking heads. And now suddenly like you have aim assist and like they're better at clicking or just as equally <laughs> good at clicking <laughs> heads. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, that later but um i think that that lawbreakers was a fantastic idea that just um came out at the wrong time um do you think it was a billion out, dollar idea i think it was none of the characters are really memorable that's the problem um at the, with a team-based like i don't want to call it a hero shooter because it wasn't but it definitely had characterization um so just for the sake of of argument i'll call it a hero shooter um you need to market the characters and the heroes a little better. Yeah. Yeah. The heroes a little better. Um, there's no one to really latch on in lawbreakers. Uh, and outside of like the middle area being kind of useless for the no grab area. Um, the CTF in that game was very, was very, well, it was like a bomb thing, but like it was felt kind of like CTF was very fun. 
Um, and as far as you said, was like people don't play games; they're not used to being vertical. Um, if you've ever played Star Siege Tribes, Tribes Two especially, or Tribes uh, any of the Tribe series, the um, jetpacking, sliding, um, like glitches that became part of the series for movement was is huge. And that game, like it has projectile based weapons, um, like a, a spin disc, and uh, you're you're like sniping people across, and then they're like skiing and just flying up and then it's it's if you've never played tribes uh tribes 2 still has a huge community tribes 1 still has a, a community as well it's free uh download it play play it and check it out because uh it's it's one of those games where there is nothing else like it and it's yeah. it the skill like i said it's, it's kind of like lawbreakers where the skill floor is up is very high and the skill ceiling is even higher than that so you're gonna get your ass handed to you and you're gonna but once you learn it, um, you'll always crave that uh, that style. And I think Lawbreakers yeah, was kind of on of that. Movement. Yeah, I, and like Descent, uh, Six Degrees of Freedom is what that game was based on. It's a uh, uh, spaceship kind of shooter. It's like a FPS with like full full motion um, that came out in the, like ninety five ninety six. Generic, inspired heavily inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you need like streams it on Twitch, like trying to make it, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, I get it. So there's there's a market for it, but the market would, is incredibly small. To like uh, hop off of your conversation, like mm. th- I would, I feel the market went to for that kind of freedom of movement, uh, like the nerf down, like hit you in the kneecap version of that, and that's Apex Legends. Uh, and yeah. there was like another one called like a. Ring of Asylum, I believe. Ring of Elysium, yeah. Ring of Elysium, yeah, where you like you could like hit like a parachute or something, a hang glider, like from anywhere yep. to like any other point in the map. Yep. And in Apex Legends, they just have like uh, zip lines everywhere. Yeah, and then they also have like jump shoots, uh, yep. but they like clearly show you where somebody is by like having long trails behind them and stuff. Where it's like they know you're not ever really scanning the horizon, watching for these things. And, like, even when I end up playing, like, Apex Legends now and then with, like, my buddies, I'm like, oh, there's somebody coming in east above us. And, like, they will keep going this direction. And I'm, like, staying with them. And they're like, where did these people come from? I don't understand. Like, I literally just told you above us. Just, yeah. Like, why yeah. would you keep – I? and then, like, I'll, like, ask them, like, after we got, like, you know, pancaked in from, like, every side. Uh, I'm like, so what was your thinking, like, leading us into that area? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, they couldn't tell you, right? Because they're just not thinking, yeah. like – Above us, like oh. that's a possibility at all times. Yep. Uh, and it's weird because you have to play like extra defensively when you have like an open map, like mm-hmm. type of situation. Well, yep. I feel like that style, like sliding, crouching, jumping, and like uh, gliding or jetpacking, yep. yep. works better in like a closed arena battle format where like there's that can happen, but there's enough closed areas and then there's enough open areas where you can start scanning those areas. And you have like a better sense of like when you're uh, the risk reward where you're like, yeah. I understand the risk of going out to an open area and I understand like the rewards that I can get from like uh, taking advantage of like those areas as well. Uh, and it, yeah, like you're saying, it's just like it puts to a higher like ceiling of skill level for like those games. And I feel like, again, it's just so ahead of its time that like now games are like finally catching up, but it's like a half step to where they yeah. should be for like the, that feeling of movement. Or yeah. like it, Apex, it feels super clunky. The movement in it, and and then like any like skill thing that they had, like they had bunny hopping in there, 
and they took it out because they're like, oh, that's too much of a skill gap for play. And it's like, this has been around since like Quake, dude. Like, you can't be like, oh, this is going to add a huge gap. Like, it, you should be rewarding skill play. But they, they, everywhere that there's skill play in that game, they're trying to get rid of because it hurts the middle. Uh, and that's yeah. where like everybody's trying to get to. Yeah. That's, I, I think almost like a fundamental problem is that Cliffy doesn't understand that's where the billion dollar like franchises are. It's like hitting like the the milk toast, like boring, yep. nothing. Uh, you're painting in all the lines and in all the colors. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, uh, with Apex, um, I think as far as like VRs go, it it has the best feeling movement. Um, however, uh, Respawn made Titanfall. Titanfall 2 has the best movement in any modern FPS sans uh, Lawbreakers, um, you know, re- in, in recent memory. And yeah. Titanfall 2 didn't, like, it, it, it didn't sell what it should have sold. Uh, the single-player campaign was phenomenal. The multiplayer was super fun. It was really good. It just, for whatever reason, um, EA chose to shoot itself in the foot by launching it along with Battlefield 1, like a week apart. Like, what the hell are you doing, EA? Like, like, and then Titanfall 1, it was a launch title for the uh, Xbox One. And um, and I think that, and, and it launched, like, premature. It was just multiplayer only. So people who played it liked it, but you had no single-player content to go in. And so I feel like, like Respawn has gotten the short end of the stick. So it, I'm so happy that Apex has found their their way. And yeah. while I have some problems with its with its movement system because coming from Titanfall 2, I want to do certain things that you just can't do in Apex because the movement system's slightly different, even though it's the same world. But um, um, as I far as like... It just feels a little clunky. It's just yeah. weird. Like, you'll be running and feeling good, and all of a sudden you're like, why? Why, why yeah, was uh, this the decision here? How, however, <laughs> if you've played uh, Ubisoft's Hyper, Hyperscape, uh, that movement's clunky as hell. <laughs> it, it tries its best to be Apex Legends and fails, stumbles out of the door, and just falls flat on its face. Um, so that's, you know, there's something to be said with that. So right now, I think in the BR space, what what is it? Uh, uh, Fortnite, PUBG, Apex? Because PUBG kind of is having a resurgence, it seems. Some I people say, say it never fell off, but... I would know. say, like, looking, like, with no real insider information or anything, uh, I would say, from the outside looking in, EA as a publisher seems incredibly, like, predatory. And almost 100%. like setting up some of their studios for failure. Hundred percent. They just uh, want the IP. Uh, yeah, Bullfrog want, Entertainment. Yeah, they want control of the IP, but they also want to bankrupt the studios that they like publish almost actively. Just from the outside looking in, where it's like, why would they release like two of their big tadpole releases like in like a couple of weeks span and stuff? And it's like, well, they put a lot of like uh, bonuses. Yep. Uh, studio things like on like Metacritic scores on like uh, user acquisition uh, and like a lot of it's like well you didn't make your numbers sorry looks like uh, we can't pay you and it's like we were really counting on like that money to like yep. keep our studio going so uh, EA is responsible for the death of Bullfrog um, I want to say Black Isle uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments here and uh, they're actively killing Bioware as we speak <laughs> um, okay. and uh uh, the guys who made uh, Command and Conquer, the original uh, studio, Westwood. Uh, how can yeah. I even forget that? Westwood is probably the premier RTS um, development studio. 
uh, before EA got his claws into it. They were neck and neck fighting Blizzard. Blizzard had Warcraft and Starcraft. Uh, Westwood had Command and Conquer. I believe they worked on Dune as well, which kind of is the granddaddy of modern of of modern RTSs. So you take a studio of that caliber. Honestly, that's when the studio split when they became Westwood and Westwood Studio West. Yeah, yeah. It's like half but, of them went down to Cali, and the other half yep. like stayed up in Nevada. Yep, yep. Um, so EA has time and time again. Uh, bought these studios that have made amazing things go, Hey, you can keep making those amazing things. We'll pump money into it and you don't have to worry about marketing. But then all these studios died like three to five years after they get acquired by EA. Uh, uh, that's they why I it as like a, a factory almost like they want a yes. video game assembly line uh, yep. and they don't want you to like be creative or do anything. They just want the same thing. They want widgets. Uh, yep. and like, you can look at like call of duty with that, where they're like, uh, they run a studio into the ground and they're like, hey, we're still making money on this, but the product isn't where it needs to be. Uh, and they're like, what's going on? They're like, what well, takes three years to make like a good quality game? And they're like, okay, but well, we want to call of duty every year. So we're going to put three studios on it and like have them alternate. It's like every other year, like some different studios like doing a call of duty game. And you're like, but why yeah. though? <laughs> well, Activision and EA are having a, in, a fight amongst themselves to be the most evil publisher <laughs> that you that can be. Uh, when Bungie uh, took that Activision money and joined them after they uh, became independent again after the Halo series was complete under their watch, and uh, some people branched off into three four three. They're like, "Well, we want to make this this other game called Destiny." I remember seeing the concept, being super pumped for it. They're like, "Hey, we we're we're uh, joining Activision." I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? They're like, no, 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 no. I know what you're thinking. No, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then turns out three years later, three years later, <laughs> Activision completely like just screws them over. And Bungie, at least at that point, had the wherewithal to to get get out, get their IP and get the hell out. Um, a part yeah. of their initial deal was to keep their IP, even if they decide to leave. So that was that was like the only good that thing. That was like I, an yeah. entire like court battle just for that as well. Yeah. And like there's like. They're, they're doing things where, like, they were suing, like, their musicians and stuff. Like, uh, they're trying to fire, like, the top people, like, in their music. Like, they so made they... them switch engines at one point. They're like, you have to switch everything over to this, like, other engine. Felt like they're actively yeah. trying to stifle their success, potential for success. Like, Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, like, at that point, Games as a Service really kicked off and has been lucrative for publishers. So they're pushing games like that. I, for one don't care for those types of games uh so for me as like a a guy who really loves quake unreal uh you know going out uh painkiller things like that um, there's been less and less things for me to actively play and, and it sucks like people go destiny destiny multiplayer it's great i'm like no it's it's just something's off about it and then they're like you get these abilities i'm like i don't want abilities i just want to have to be able to like rocket jump and shoot you in the head, uh, you know. Um, I played uh, the multiplayer in Destiny Two with like yeah. a bunch of buddies, mm-hmm. and for me, I've always felt like uh, video games are mostly just like a chat interface for my friends. Like we're gonna have a good time no matter what game we're playing. Yeah, uh, and we had a really good time with Destiny Two, but we played all the content that was in because it was on sale like the game for like, yeah. basically free it was like three or four dollars i'm like oh we'll pick up destiny uh and then we hit like the paywall they're like oh if you want more destiny you have to pay yeah, more. Like, we're good. We're good. Yeah. thank you though and yeah. there wasn't 
a lot to do, and we only played for like eight hours. Like, yeah. Went to like the main story mode, and then like we start grinding out like a little bit of like this and that for like gear. And we're like, there's nothing left to do. Like everything was set up in like that scummy. Like, oh, you have to wait 12 hours for this to reset. You have to wait four <laughs> hours for this to reset. Oh, you need this kind of currency. You need to wait two hours. And we'll like, give you, the, oh, if you want some of this, you have to pay us cash. And I was like, oh, we're good. Thank you, though. Like, it was cool. Like, you have a fun game that's, here, but. Yeah, that's the problem with the games as a service. Um, all of them feel incomplete to me. It fe- I feel storytelling suffers because of it. Uh, my biggest problem with Destiny 1, uh, which I did the beta for and coming off of, like, as you know, I did I did some Halo competitively and stuff coming off of like that scene. I'm like, okay, Bungie's new stuff. I'm ready to go. Uh, the enemies were bullet sponges. The uh, I forget what their like deathmatch mode is called, um, but that did not feel good at all. And Bungie had like this this motto of like I think it's like three seconds of fun or seven seconds of fun, something like that, where you're not having full game. Yeah, where if yeah. you're not having fun in, in that amount of time, we, we failed you. Um, they failed the shit out of me. I mean, like, I'm like, not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And then with Destiny's, you know, perceived success, even though Destiny 1 didn't meet what they wanted, Destiny 2 seems to be doing very well. It's kind of like the model for games as a service. But you have the Avengers, which feels shoddy and incomplete and lacking content. You have the Division, um, which took a very interesting-sounding Tom Clancy world of a post post coronavirus US and um uh it just has factions fighting fighting over like the this you know state. Uh just again, like bullet spongy enemies at the higher levels, uh the multiplayer mode that isn't fleshed out and you're playing on the on the one map is like my other big gripe. Uh and then you're right, like the scummy practices of you don't have the expansion, so you're capped here, which is very MMO-ish, yeah. and I get, but I also don't like MMOs. So, so like okay. my shooter games coming, going in and compressed into this um, worries me, like worries me for the future. So there, there's been more and more games, and they're getting and they're popular, which is my problem. Which is why last pod I, I said about, uh, yeah. Cyberpunk, it felt very MMO. Yeah. Yeah, uh, last last pod I mentioned that my my taste in game skews older than what I am. Uh, I I, I uh, started off playing Doom on the PC, uh, the original Doom. Um, the first that's also the first game I ever played online. I, instead of uh, getting an allowance, I told my dad that I'll do all my chores, just pay for Dwango Net. And do I have to play Doom Eternal now? Is this where this is all going? Or are you just trying to guilt me into playing play, like, Doom Eternal? <laughs> Doom like, Eternal is fantastic. What is it uh, going to come up on <laughs> No, oh, it's yeah. not. It's a, it's a good backdoor, though. But no. Yeah. Um, but I remember playing it on a 28.8 kilobyte modem, right? I remember upgrading to a 56K modem and going, holy crap, this is amazing. Uh, I remember Quake coming out. And Quake World finally becoming a thing, so you could like connect easier to other people. You know, I I was you know like seven, eight years old, learning how to bunny hop and strafe, strafe jump and circle strafe with everyone else. I learned what rocket jumping is. You know, it, like at the time where where people like uh, who's the most famous guy, Fatality, were you know cutting our teeth and winning all of these like high caliber Quake tournaments. Yeah. Um, um, that's that's where where my like bread and butter is. Uh, when uh, 
so then like the industry like started consolizing things and you know like when goldeneye was popular on the n64 people were like yeah it's the best shooter ever i get the love for goldeneye goldeneye is a solid console shooter but keep in mind at that point i was playing unreal tournament you know i was playing quake 3 uh you know soldier of fortune the same way about uh, you know. halo 1 mm, yeah like because i was kind of like well we could play against people around the world this is great it's on our xbox and i'm like i can't play against people that are, i've been doing that for years boys like, yeah, they, yeah. I, I have this like unreal on my dreamcast like uh, with a keyboard and mouse dude like <laughs> I playing fantasy star online this is nothing but, yeah 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 uh halo i I'll, I'll get to Halo in a second, but that's, you know, where I was. Um, learning arena maps. Like, I will say my favorite map in any game of is Rat Race in, in the original Halo. But before that, Deck 16 in Unreal Tournament. And uh, Quake 3, DM7, whichever one the Keep was. I can't remember the actual name, but the Keep and Quake. Those are my like go-to maps. Um, and the thing with like Quake and Unreal is all of these maps had a soundtrack. So like like Deck 16, I can still hear the theme in my head, and I will actually play it in the recording so right with now. With all the ramp jumps. With right? the ramps, yep, yep, the ramps jumps. There's a, a sniper on the uh, mid mid uh, tower, and then there's board. a yep, and then there's a redeemer uh, up above on the on the left. Um, yep. So that map features, I believe, near every weapon available in Unreal, <laughs> in one arena map that that could that's that is, I feel, the perfect size for a one v one or up to sixteen players just going at it. Absolutely love that map to death. When Unreal Tournament two thousand three two thousand four deck seventeen is what it was called, and you know it's spiffied up, and instead of uh, green ooze, it had lava. Whatever um, semantics at that point, but nothing was better than that. And even now to this day. Um, Unreal's installed on my computer, and there's a server that has Deck 17 running, and that's the one I always go to. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, and then, like, around then, gaming started to shift a little bit. Uh, CSGO, or not CSGO, Counter-Strike 1.6 was, was the most popular mod in the world. It probably still is, honestly, uh, until, like, what, B, uh, Daisy's like, BR mode, the mod from uh, yeah. uh, Player Unknown came out. Like Counter Strike, I don't even... think that game was that popular. So it's easy to like kind of like have the retrospective about it yeah. right now. Yeah. But like when I heard about it, like I think at most like at any given time, there's like ten to twenty thousand people playing it. Yeah. And then when H one Z one spun off from that before PUBG, yep. uh, I remember my buddy, uh, you know, Mister Butters, he was like, "Oh, this is gonna be huge. This is gonna be the biggest game ever." Yeah. yeah. And I was looking at him and I was like, "Bro." I don't think this is going to be it, but this style of game is going to be it. And I was like, these bigger companies are going to come in and eat their lunch. I yeah. was like, you, I was like, it's either going to be Call of Duty or Unreal uh, or like I just named off like you know the six big yeah. studios. I was like Activision, Blizzard. Like one of these guys yeah. is going to come in and do this exact same thing, uh, and right. they'll have like the biggest game ever. And he's yeah. like, no man, this is it, dude. H one C one. And then like you know, PUBG comes out and he's like, okay, maybe PUBG is going to be it. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Uh, you know, but it and took Fortnite. like seven, eight years before like, you know, Fortnite, like, so yeah. there's like a big gap of like, it's easy to point back and be like, oh, this must have been huge at the time. It wasn't. It was yeah. like, it, it is really hard to find a hundred like players like in a match. And mm. so like the wait queues were like seven, eight minutes gotcha. like, constantly. Yeah. So 
Like if you didn't have like buddies to talk to like, while you're waiting for like matches, yeah. like uh, is you know, yeah, it's just tough, man. It's tough yeah. to, uh, yeah. yeah. But it's easy to be like retrospectively, like kind of like paint, like oh, you know, this thing's massive. Everybody's playing it. It's like no, nobody was playing it. Uh, it was kind of like a word of mouth, like oh, you gotta try this out. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I think uh, I could always talk about like uh, Lineage Two is like one of the best like MMO RPGs ever. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, why don't you think it was as big in America as it was in Korea? And I was like, because it was really badly translated. Yeah. And, like, to do, like, any of the quests, like, you had to, like, look up, like, forms or, like, a translation, like, wiki. Uh, <laughs> and, like, everything in that game was hardcore. It, like, if you want to talk about, like, Dark Souls, this was, like, a Dark Souls MMORPG. Like, everything was hard. Everything was crazy. Everything was a grind. And at any point, anyone else could just run up and kill you and steal your stuff. It wasn't, like, a huge... Pre- like. It wasn't like a Minecraft or like Roblox or something where you drop all your gear when you die, but like yeah, you had like a one to two percent chance of dropping something. And it's something you could have spent like two weeks working for. Like you could drop <laughs> your main weapon and it costs like millions of dollars in the game, which yeah. is like the equivalent of like uh forty dollars yeah. USD. Like so like if like if you wanted to like do like the you know illegal eBay exchange of money, like you it's about like forty dollars to one million dollars in the game, and like every weapon in that game, like after level twenty, costs about like a million dollars. So yeah. uh, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, no, that's it's interesting but point. In in that MMO, because everything costs so much, the risk was so high, and it felt like you know Dark Souls, right. high risk, high reward. You yeah. always felt like you're being hunted. Like you always had to pay attention. Like anyone could just run up on you at any moment, and just like start beating your ass. <laughs> like and tried like steal your shit from you. Yeah. So uh it, it gave you that feeling of constantly being hunted. And that's what okay. battle royales do. Yeah. You always feel like you're like hunting or being hunted by like human the, the deadliest predator of all, humans. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. hunting the biggest game of all, other humans. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Um where I was going with uh the initial thing, uh saying with Counter Strike, the time to kill was, you know, minuscule compared to Unreal Quake. All of that. Uh and then it started going more realistic and Counter Strike, let's face it, is definitely arcadey. Um, you know, no weapons, recoil handles like that, no bullet spray handles like that. It's like when you it's Counter Strike and Counter Strike alone. Um, but then that led to the military shooters. Uh, Medal of Honor, I'll say, takes the top spot for. Oh, well, Wolf, for me, Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, and Enemy Territory, the mod, um, was my of choice. Uh, to this day, I play that. Uh, shout out to my Wolf ET people. But uh, um, a big part of uh, the Enemy Territories, like what Return to Castle Wolfenstein game, is when you get a headshot. Uh, your helmet, if your helmet's on, it actually absorbs some of that damage. You can actually shoot people's helmets off. And that was the key: is you you control your spray pattern, shoot a helmet off, and then you, you know, can kill people easier. Click heads. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then, but Medal of Honor was obviously the game to beat. Um, and then from Medal of Honor, we got Call of Duty, where the time to kill is now you know taking a breath. <laughs> um, and then that just went with the Medal of Honor to Call of Duty was like the peak consolization started by Halo, showing you that. FPSs can work and work very well on console. Um, obviously, I still prefer Halo because of my background and other things, but you know, consolations there. So now I think um, FPSs are for me. I'm always searching for something that gives me the same feeling uh, that I had like 15 years ago. Um, playing Doom One. 
<laughs> not even playing Doom One. Just just uh learning an arena map, you know, kind of straight flying around the area, um, you know, getting fifty kills, calling it a night. Uh or in Halo, twenty five kills calling it a Have night. Have you gotten into any of the battle royales? The only Battle Royale I like I've played them all and we've played a couple together, but as you can as you know I'm not none of them really grab me. The only one that I legitimately was excited to play and continue playing, and people are gonna laugh. Radical Heights by Bosky. Like Cliffy <laughs> um, like Cliffy, Cliffy V, Ron LaJoy, I believe was the creative designer of that. Um who worked at Bosky. Uh, Radical Heights combined the arcadiness of like the arena shooters that I wanted um, in a third person mode. It had like a narrator that was like a game show host. Um, it, it definitely released too early and was like a panic release. Um, the bicycles were fun. Do you think it's, like we're already working on that. Like in the no. wings, there's just something they cobbled together. And like, I think oh, it was okay. a cobbled together like proof of concept that they realized that Lawbreakers was failing, and they're like, take that proof of concept and make something quick. So, I mean, yeah. they released it in Make alpha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I played it with one with a buddy. Um, he also so really took a shine to it. And no other Battle Royale grabbed me like that game did. Um, all the weapons felt great. Uh, the different armor types and things to where, where you made a point. So the last part of going, they had a golden helmet, so I lost that battle. Um, yep. It was better represented in Radical Heights with the counters because everything was bright and poppy. Uh, the map wasn't too obnoxiously big where your where your downtime was you know all See, if game. They wanted to water down Apex. I feel like yeah. that's what they need to do. Yeah. It's like if you have gold armor, make a gold shiny chest yeah. plate and a gold and like even the helmets. I want that Minecraft. Like I can tell what armor <laughs> you're wearing right. from like across the map. Where I'm like, is this fight worth taking? Yeah, uh, because yeah. he has better gear than me. Yeah, uh, like yep. how confident am I in my shots? Yeah, for you know, sure. Give me, give me that risk reward up front. But yeah, yeah. no, I'm like Radical Heights, I didn't get into it. Yeah. But yeah. I felt like, like you like got it, money and you had to buy weapons at places, kinda of like how Apex does it, uh and uh Call of Duty Warzone does it as well. Because Fortnite you just find weapons, right? Is that how yeah, it works? It's RNG, okay. basically okay. down. But they always yeah. kinda of spawn in the same spots, so Right. It, again, it's about like understanding like your competitors in the map and like yeah paying attention to like the flight patterns and like if you want to get high level like if you want to like pull down the dubs a lot i would yeah. say almost watch how many people are jumping out of the like bus at the at the start so like yeah. literally count because you know there's 100 people so you're like yep. one two three four 26 40 30 and i'm like all right i know there's whatever 20 15 regions. people left in this sure. bus and i know like these three possible regions so the most me and like if you're playing with other people, you gotta take that into account. Like if I'm playing with like you know four people, I'm like, are the most there's like a twenty five percent chance we could run into another group of four players, but yeah. I've reduced that down to like an eight percent chance. And I know that there's like this many areas. And I know just by looking at the flight pattern and how many people have left, the odds of us running into anybody coming through like these areas. So like there's a huge meta that most people aren't ever gonna get into in that game. <laughs> but like there, there are ways to skew uh the odds into your favor, so they may always be in your favor. Hunger Games style. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, I actually forget my point <laughs> um, with this. Uh, but overall, I think that, like, let's talk about Doom Eternal. 
Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's it. my favorite. It's my favorite. It's sitting uh, in my box. I downloaded it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Doom I'm 2016, amazing. Doom Eternal, amazing. Two like one A, one B. The Doom Eternal, I will say, faltered at one point, and it was a development decision. So I can't fault them because it just doesn't vibe with me. Um, they don't have deathmatch. They don't have team deathmatch for the series that that sparked the entire phenomenon. They have a uh, team it mode like a where it's like one versus studio? three. Maybe I'm just being it, on that. Yeah, uh, I mean they're still in software, but yeah, all the like big players left. Um, and, yeah, and I watched like the, the news, I don't know but, if you watched like the no clip documentary yeah. they did. Yep, yep, it didn't seem like there was a ton of people there. It seemed like kind of like they left them and forgot them. <laughs> yeah, but they're, <laughs> like, they're never was though. The, yeah, yeah, they're like. <laughs> So I feel like that was kind of swinging it all back around to the glue of Cliffy mm-hmm. B. Yeah, I feel like there's that old school mentality that like plagued its software. Uh, there's like Quake, and then the people who also made uh, Duke Nukem. Three uh, mm, D realms. Like, yeah, three D realms. Uh, it's that old school mentality of like we need a handful of really good people to make something amazing, but they also like had like infinite crunch, and they were a lot younger. So they didn't yeah. have like families or like obligations right. outside of work. So it was like we'd hang out all day, you know, play video games and work on video games. And it was great. Yeah. And we'd do it every day for like days at a time. Like when we would leave the studio. Yeah. Uh, and I think like as the industry is growing up, it's like that's not a sustainable or good business model for uh, creating good product uh, for the creators or the public in general. Like sometimes you like craft like a, a gold nugget out of it. But also, like you end up in like a closed silo where like the product or like the game can suffer a lot for it. Uh, and I'm just going to use product and game interchangeably with the, like for these bigger studios. Yeah, it, it because, applies to yeah, yeah. Because at a certain point, like I feel like they're no longer trying to make games; they're trying to make a billion dollar franchise. You know, they're making they're aiming for a product. Uh, so I feel like Cliff had like a really small studio, uh, and it leads to like that sort of. Uh, echo chamber idea of ideas where you're like, this is great, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, and, 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 you know, hindsight's 2020, obviously, but um, if Cliffy decided to, you know, instead of putting this massive push behind like lawbreakers and competing with like Overwatch as your first game, you're competing, you're essentially, it's, it's your small studio versus Blizzard. Or Radical you know? Heights versus or Radical Heights uh, versus Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Or if, PUBG. Yeah. If they just released it as is, kind of had more of a grassroots kind of campaign, didn't blow their entire budget on marketing for, for lawbreakers, stuff like that. And I, and I don't know what the specific semantics are or Semantics, sorry, I would but, say, uh, like, for lessons learned, like, practical uh, use case for them, I would say if you start up a studio, uh, what you want to do is make another S-Corp and then have your IPs owned by that. So oh, well, yeah, but there's... No, so, like, you're not... The studio and the idea are not interconnected. So you're basically doing contract work for the idea. So, like, this is the way, like, they do it in, like, a lot of movie studios and stuff. You're yep. like, why is movie theaters, like, so weird with their accounting? How come they're always losing money and, like, their contractors aren't getting paid? Uh, this is why. So, you can take out loans to this IP yep. uh, and not bet your studio on it over here. And the studio's still getting paid from, like, this IP. Uh, so, like, what he should have done was, like, have, like, this separate entity from them. 
uh, and then like you can take in partners and other stakeholders into here that are like, okay, I like Radical Heights as an idea, or I like, uh, you know, this idea that because he had like a several like other ideas where he was like throwing stuff up on yeah, uh, yeah. Twitter, and he's like, what do you guys think about dragons and eggs and bullshit? And everyone's like, I this is cool, I guess. He's like, would you consider kickstarting? And everyone's like, no, Cliffy, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that the yeah running, and I th- I think Cliffy is a great creative mind. I think he his like what's fun to him is also fun to me. So like a lot, whenever he does anything, I I take note. Um, but I think running a business and just making games to make games are two different two different animals. Yeah, and and um, I think if he had like a just one person just to focus on the business end of it. Just he does nothing but development. I kind of like the Hideo Kojima studios. It's like all he does. I, I believe he has another like person or party of people um, running the business end of Kojima productions. And it's, he, he's just, he's the idea, man. He does, you know, it's, it's what he's good at. And he has people yeah. doing business for what they're he's good, good at. Like design and systems, not managing yeah. people and books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, so that's, you know, there's different skill sets and you can be good at both. But like yeah, you have, yeah. have so many hours a day. Exactly. As well. Exactly. It's it's the old business adage of you know square peg, square hole, round round peg, round hole. You got to put put people in what they're good in. If you it, it, Cliffy B being such a creative guy and having such success yeah. um, with like his it, previous yeah, projects, like I just have sat down with him before. Like and also like uh, I would say do your market research. Like right, like if you're going to go into any yeah. business endeavor, like look at like what are the big names out there? What are they doing? Yeah. Uh, and then I would also say, like, don't make your first game online. Yeah. Like, don't look look for multiplayer. Like, maybe... And I know, like, a lot of people will be like, oh, FPS, they need to be online, or they're dead on arrival. But I would say if you're charging money for it, like, if he had made, like, a single-player narrative game that actually yep. built up, like, the heroes, yeah. I'd be like, okay, these are, like, the four heroes, and these are, like, their story paths. And then, like, if you sold enough of those copies, then be like, okay, now we can, like, put in online onto that. Uh and then like build it for that like but if like nobody wants this game like with like the first person driven narrative and it, it was like an interesting world and like there's a lot yeah. there but uh i think they blew all their money on iced tea bro yeah at the end of the day um un- unfortunately it was a case of history repeating itself uh john romero it's about to make you his bitch. Daykatana coming soon. I used the name recognition of the developer um, to push the game, overmarket the game. Uh, Cliffy B used name recognition for himself to say it's a billion dollar idea, and obviously it was less than the, than what was offered. I still liked the game, but like how many people know, actually care about that though? The like, industry does, right? But like, I think like just because like. So I do this all the time. Like, I think I've, we've talked about this before where like any little niche thing I'm into, like I'll be looking at like 3d modeling and stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy must be like huge on YouTube. And I'll look at the numbers. And I'm like, Oh, he has like 50,000 views, which is a lot. Yeah. But it's not a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, Oh, this, this guy, like he's like the number one guy at like doing like textures uh, and like teaching tutorials on like textures. And like, he's like a hundred thousand views. And you're like, Holy crap. That's massive. But that's not a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, but like again, you can have like a niche. So like a, a like, I, I enjoy like a lot of different independent comic books. Yep. Uh, and this guy was like, "Hey, if I just sell two thousand books a year, like I'm good for a year. Like that's all I need to do. I need to move two thousand units. 
Yeah, like my margins are such that I'm putting on a premium product where I can do this for the rest of my life, and I'm okay with that. Uh, so yeah. he can focus on making like a really good book and not building an audience necessarily. Uh, whereas like if you're trying to like have a studio and like employ a bunch of people, like you have to keep growing it. But yeah. it, I don't. It's it's tough, man. <laughs> like it's it's a competitive market, and I say like when you get into the mindset of like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand views, that's a lot. Or like, oh, this like ridiculous clip I put out, uh, talking mad stuff about like, oh, you know, eat my butt, uh, die Katana for life. Yeah. Uh, you're like, oh man, we sold like two million magazines. You're like yeah. that's a lot, but how many of that? Like, Love I think like what they say is like five percent of like whatever you're marketing, like the eyeballs are gonna buy. So yeah. you know, uh, you know, whatever, like you use easy numbers or whatever, like you know, ten thousand. What is that? Like fifty people? 50, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's like true. 500 or 5,000. Like, it's not a lot. There's not enough to keep your game. Like, just being out there, being a loudmouth is not enough. And, but it feels like a lot because, like, like you're saying, like, your you're social circle is big. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, everything you go to in that industry, everybody knows you. Right. Like, yep. where, like, me and you would recognize, like, like Cliff Lisinski, uh walking down the street and like, oh, shit, Cliffy, what's up? But, like, yeah. He can walk around everywhere. Nobody's going to like bug him yeah, for the true. most part. True, true. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I think, I think, like, end of the day, um, you know, even for someone as established as, as Cliffy B, game development is, it's hard. It's hard. Um, running a business is hard. Um, and I think, like you said, market research, things like that, um, timing is huge. Doesn't mean, but, doesn't mean you know, don't do it. Hard. It just means realize that there's, you know, factors out there that are always working against you that you have to overcome. I, I don't know. I kind of agree with what you first said, though. It's like when you're the in the zeitgeist, where everywhere yep. you go, everyone knows you, and like all you're doing is taking hands, spinning it into gold. I think yep. it's like if somebody like if, like me or you could be like, "Hey, man, you might want to do your market research." Just like, okay, dude, yeah, I'll get right on that asshole. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, hey, man, you probably don't want to have this always online experience, but like, bro. I'm fucking Cliffy B. Like, I'm making... Yeah. All my games are online, and they're all amazing, bro. Like, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of a little game called Unreal, or maybe Gears of War. You've probably heard of it. Uh, you might yeah, be right. seen, like, a bro with a tattoo of the, my skulls <laughs> on their arms, just, yeah. like, hanging out. Uh, For sure. I don't know if you know this, but I'm fucking awesome. And I'm out <laughs> making games. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's fair, but... You know, maybe, like... Don't tie your IP to your studio, and like that way you can take it. Bro, it's fine. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a big success. <laughs> I'm a personal millionaire, so yeah, whatever. Like at the end of the day, I'm not losing a lot of sleep over it. Uh, yeah, and it's like yeah, it's like you're saying. It's like it felt more like a hobby slash pet project for him than like a serious business endeavor from the jump. Uh, and like it, it felt like he was kind of like trying to hold a mirror to the industry as a whole and be like. You need to uh, promote your creative talent more than what you're doing. And you're mm. treating a lot of people like shit. And you don't have to do that to make good games. So I feel like for that, the message was received only if you're successful, right? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting take. Uh, uh, that's how I felt about just like the way he set up the studio, the way he was promoting it, uh, like yeah. the live streams they were doing, like. I, it definitely feels like that from an outside perspective, like what he was trying to do. 
I think what he experienced the first time is what a lot of um, upstart game developers are experiencing. That so look at looking at him, uh, Jazz Jackrabbit one and two. Um, he he was a Nintendo like gaming world champion. You know uh, that was like his first like big deal uh to unreal he was very young um it was success after success after success he's never truly fallen on his face and un- unfortunately bosky was the first time he fell on his face on his face and he had to learn how to handle it which what with is what a lot of people learned you know years ago yeah so and he's not taking um, it very well <laughs> i yeah he's and he's not taking it very well but i wouldn't either and i don't think any common per any person would um i think that uh like I, I follow him on Twitter. You know, I, you know, I've tweeted at him before. Is he um, racist right now for like the game failing? No, no, he's I not swear, even. Bro, like, he's he's more he's more focused on uh, just like writing his memoir and um, telling his story from everything else, which I will definitely purchase that when it's out and he's read like, it because like Donald Trump and shit, dude. Like it was weird. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like he's too pro racist. That's why my game fail was too woke for him. Oh, that was a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I won't get into the the thing because I think a lot of it too is like media drumming up media to get eyes on him and go. Oh, by the way, I'm making a memoir. You know, which which I I don't fault him for. I think a lot of people do it, but literally every personality of any clout does it. So you just have to sift through the bullshit. Um, You know, we're getting close to the to the time uh, to end it here. Um, What? And I know, I know, it's, it just flies by. So I just want to end it. Um, we barely scratched the surface. I know, I could talk about this for literally 12 hours, dude. Um, but I, I do want to uh, touch on on if you're playing anything this week. Um, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, real quick, again, for yeah. my conclusion on all that is just uh, market research, start small. Uh, also, don't stay away from online for your first game. Uh, it's going to be a headache. And I would say have a small, practical experience. And I don't care if you've been in the game uh, yeah. 50 years, 10 years, or four months. Yep. I would say also focus on the, for your first game, you probably want a single screen game. Like if, if you can do that, launch that. And just to get your feet wet, to get to like know all the players, their strengths and weaknesses on your team, uh, do that, launch it. doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be successful, but you should work on that. Uh, a condensed good experience and then like go from that and then like you can even have like your core concepts in that and then like expand that like have it be modular so all your systems are modular like so everything we learned from the single screen experience uh kind of going on the whatever 343 of like can we find the three seconds of fun and then expand that out yeah i'd say uh i heard people i learned some new acronyms listening to some people uh ccc uh it's camera controller character so Build your camera controller character, and then uh, USP uh, was it a unique uh, selling point? Have you so camera controller character unique selling point, and then MVP baby minimum viable product. <laughs> minimum product. Yep. So like yep. I would say like those. The best three, is business class stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, business one hundred and one. Click yep. B. Do those six yep. things first, uh, and yeah, like have fun. Uh, you yeah. have any like closing thoughts on I, I that? I think I think the closing thought too is like lessons you could learn uh, looking in is no matter how big you think you are stay or humble. yeah exactly Cliffy B didn't stay humble John Romero did not stay humble um, at the end of the day you're launching a new IP you're reintroducing yourself to the world uh, so just 
I think if you come out with your best foot forward, and I believe like like Kojima does, you for every game, even if it's a, even if it was a new Metal Gear, he's he reintroduces himself to the world. And yeah, like I think we can like all Kojima's game like Death Stranding, like yep, that didn't sell well, but it, it sold fine. good. Yeah, yeah, it sold like a hundred thousand units. Like it's not a Metal Gear, right? But it was never right. meant to be that, and he knew, and so he set mm-hmm. his studio expectations for that. Where he's like, yep. I know we're coming off a really hot property. But, like, I want to start a studio. I want to, like, have, again, I stay away from, like, online. It was a unique experience. Uh, it was a interesting controls, camera, and character. Uh, and he played to his studio strengths. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that, you know. Put your best foot forward. F- best foot forward. Reintroduce yourself with each new product. And, uh, you know, just see where the world takes you from there. Just kind yeah. of stay humble. So uh, what I've been yeah. playing, eh? Yeah, yeah. So let's just end it on what we're playing. Um, I will let you go first because I, I Sorry, can find this. Minecraft, man. I just finally got into it. <laughs> a little back, really back in. How long has how long has Minecraft been out? Oh, years. I think it came yeah. out like twenty twelve. Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. Well, welcome to um, Minecraft, Chip. <laughs> Are you enjoying it's it? Okay. It, I don't know. I'm playing with a bunch of people, and like I said, it's like a chat interface, and I'm having a lot of fun with my buddies. Um, Are you doing creative or survival? I think it's survival. We're like on a private server. Uh, we built out a base, and I made a minecart that goes and gives a tour of the base. Yep. So we put glass ceilings in all of our rooms, so we can like see everybody's rooms as we tour through the base. Yep. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's not yeah. great. It's not bad. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, Minecraft is definitely a social thing. Um, yeah, like it seems like if you have people to play with, it's all right. Yeah, even if you don't, like, if you enjoy the creative aspect, like, a lot of people like The Sims just to build houses, and that's all they would do is just build houses and stuff like that. Minecraft, some people just build fucking monuments, and so there's some Minecraft artists that get paid for that. Yeah, yeah, and, like, for me, it's, like, somebody, I'm, you know, venture to call myself, like, a 3D artist where I can make stuff in, like, (laughs) you know, 3D applications. Like, I don't see the point in it, where it's, like, why would I use, like, really bad tools for, (laughs) like, creating something when I can use like a really good tool for like the yeah. same amount of time, make something really good and useful. Yeah. Like if I want to make like a gun model or something, like, oh, it's got me thinking about voxels and stuff. And I've been thinking about it for a while, uh, like the, the blocky aesthetic, uh, yeah. where I want to make like a side scrolling mech game. Like okay. in that, uh, vein. like I saw somebody who like had like a 3d model pack. on like itch.io where they're like, Oh, buy these 3d models. And I didn't do it, but I was like, it looks cool. And like they kind of made like the 3D mechs. I was like, I can make I could do that. I could make some 3D mechs and yeah. have them look voxely and have them like side scrolling and blowing up stuff. Yeah, um, dude. For sure. Kind That's of like sick. a cross between like a uh what the heck's that game, the shooting game, Gradius? Gradius? Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, R type. That's what I'm thinking of. The cross between R type. Depends on if you have level the level that can kill you or the alien spawning. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking like R type two and like Metroid, like, like some sort of mech style adventure game like that. Okay. Okay. It's uh, cool. Yeah. That's but, awesome. I don't know. What, do you, what have you been playing, man? Uh, I started a playthrough of Cyber Shadow uh, this this week. Uh, it was a game that's been in development for I feel like it's been s- maybe a decade. It's like at least six, seven years, something like that. Um, it was made on the Construct 2 game engine, which is actually what I first made games with. So yeah. it was amazing to see a project of that caliber come out, um, you know, published by Yacht Club Games, who made the amazing, amazing, uh, amazing Shovel Knight game. 
Um, so they believed in the project enough to put their backing behind it, put the marketing behind it, and it was made by one man. Um, I think he licensed uh, music out, and I think he did the animation someplace else, but pure development, pure code, pure art was all him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I think people who've seen my other works and you see the big ass fucking sticker behind me of Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden, you can kind of figure one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, so, and Is that includes the that series. I thought Ninja Theory made Ninja Gaiden? No, that's not weird. <laughs> I get it. I've had, I've had people say that too. But uh, uh, so far, it's it's very fun. Um, I'm near the end of the game right now. Um, I'm sure next week I'll have my full thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. And like I said, I beat Cuphead last week. So I'm really enjoying these uh, retro kind of revival kind of projects right now. Um, I don't know what I'll, what I'll tackle after Cyber Shadow. Um, maybe Shovel Knight because I've never actually beaten the series yet. So um, I'll, I'll probably do that. But um, um, right now, I'd give out of a 10 from where I am in the game. Um, I just got the dash, um, for those of you who've played it. Um, right now, it's about a 7 out of 10 for me, um, You know, which, is, which I think is really good. Um, it has the potential to go to an 8 or a 9. Um, coming off of... Like, some of the movement is just... A te- like the bass move, it's a tad slow for for my personal liking, which is why we'll never reach the full ten. And the music hasn't been super memorable. It's good. It's just I'm not humming the tunes afterwards. Um, but overall, it's twenty bucks. Solid ass game. I'm really enjoying it. We'll see how I feel after I you know conquer the final boss. I felt that exact same way about uh, Cave Story. Oh, I loved Cave Story like the, to death. The movement was like a tad slow for me. Like basically everything you just said you applied to me for Cave Story. Really? Was like, was this the Cave Story Plus or the original? I think thing? it was Plus. Um, okay. I don't know. Okay. I did not enjoy it as much as other people. Oh, and also, Cave... I played it and I basically did like an Iron Man challenge on myself because I didn't understand the game. I didn't know you could shoot up or diagonally <laughs> yeah. for like the first three fourths of the game. And I'm proud to say you can be the first three fourths of the game without shooting up or diagonally. <laughs> but you finally get to the point, like three fourths. Of the way in, where like you have to shoot something diagonally. Yeah, and, like I was like trying to do like a weird trick jump to like try and shoot it. I was like, I don't understand why I can't do it. And then I was just like pointed up, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, I can't believe this. Uh, uh, I give Minecraft awesome. uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely deserves it. It's it's, it's so personally, like my personal, personally, mm-hmm. it's like a four out of ten for me. But my buddies are really enjoying it, and they're really expressing like their creativity. Uh, yeah, and they're really like having a great time with it uh so I, I see the appeal for it like if you don't have like a creative outlet like if you don't paint or have something it seems like personal expression yeah uh, because it, it's you would think like unlimited uh possibilities would allow you to be more creative but it's usually the opposite when you give yourself uh huge con- constraints you usually have the most creative output and i'd yeah. say like uh, minecraft really has you like constrained and locked in a box and like thinking like uh always that next thing of like oh i need this for this now and like oh i want this to look like that uh, yeah. and it seems like really good for like challenging uh how you think about things creatively but like if you like do that already and like your whole thing is like solving problems which is like any creative endeavor is just like solving unique challenges and problems constantly like my head's already like working like you know, like that 24-7, so I'm just like, eh, whatever. 
Like yeah. it's, I could see that. Like to me, it's like a mining simulator where like I enjoy clicking the blocks the most so far and making setting up mine carts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey man, so. uh, Minecraft has such so many different things that everyone can find something to like about it. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. So I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, that's that's the pod, everybody. So uh, thanks for pod. listening. Thanks for watching. Pod was uh, brought to you by our sponsor, The Sun. All praise the, the sun. sun. Yeah, yeah. We saw it completely just mask chip in this nice, like, have, like a matte tan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's see you guys next week. And uh, for Chipmunk and Mr. Gimpy, see you later. Take care, everybody. Bye.